Oh, I did it again too. Dang it. Yeah, sad face. I, I actually create the slides every week, and whenever I put it from my PowerPoint into the church's PowerPoint, it changes everything that was white into black. Um, so you can barely read Matthew 5, 8 on the screen right now. But our scripture today for the sermon is Matthew 5, 8. It's part of the Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes, the Blesseds. It could be translated as wonderful news for instead of blessed are. But the text is, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. So I uh, wanted to, uh, to clarify that the, the sermon title, I had great hopes. I had this idea that I was going to be working with, and then I realized that I started writing my sermon, and um, I did never get it in there. <laughs> so hearing, hearing uh, uh, Jim talk about it made me think, oh, I want to give that point to you really quick. So, so uh, has anyone ever heard of Leonard Sweet? Lynn Sweet? Anybody know Lynn Sweet? No? Really? Wow. Thank you, Tiffany. You've been to seminary. That's great. Uh, Leonard Sweet is a part of our tribe. He's United Methodist. He's a really prolific author. Uh, and I call him a wordsmith. I mean, he's so proud of the words he comes up with. <laughs> and when you talk to him, you could get, get the idea. He really likes his own words. Uh, but one of the words he came up with is really cool. Uh, does anyone know what pneuma means in Greek? Thank you, Tiffany. I know you know. <laughs> Anybody know what pneuma means? No? No, what? Numbers? numbers? Kind of. No, it's not numbers. Uh, pneuma is the Greek word for spirit. Uh, so if you ever hear pneuma, then you can think of spirit. Uh, and so his idea was that we have people called uh, astronauts, right? And so who are, the, who are the astronauts? They are the knots of the astros, right? No, no, I'm just joking. They are the knots of space, right? So they actually go and they actually are sailing in space. That's the idea of an astronaut. Uh, but he actually came up and coined the term a pneumonaut. So those are people who are going with the flow of the Holy Spirit. That wherever the Spirit is flowing, then we'll go with the Spirit. If the Spirit goes to the right or the left or backwards or forwards, we are literally at the mercy, but enjoying it with the flow of wherever the Holy Spirit is leading us. And I like that understanding. I like that imagery that we can be able to do that. Now, we are right in the middle of a sermon series that Laura is doing, uh, talking about the quadrilateral. And the quadrilateral, uh, again, everything's black. This is so funny. Uh, uh, the quadrilateral is four different aspects that you can be able to use to be able to discern or to be able to understand what God is trying to say to us, okay? So we've mentioned those a little bit last week. Remember that little compass that Laura gave out? Does everyone still have their compass in their pockets maybe? Uh, but it's scripture is primary, scripture, tradition, reason, and experience. Scripture is primary. Uh, God inspired the words of the Bible, so therefore those are probably pretty good words of God. So we can be able to use the scripture and use the Bible to be able to hear what God is saying to us. Uh, and then tradition, we've had 2,000 years of people interpreting the text and trying to figure out what it's saying. Might not be a bad thing to be able to find out how we've interpreted it over time, right? It's pretty good. Uh, 
tradition. Reason, God gave us a brain. Let's use it, okay? Uh, so uh, it's a beautiful aspect to be thinking about those things. And then, of course, we have the, our own experiences. How have you experienced what's going on, and how can you use all four of those aspects with Scripture primary uh, to be able to discern what God is saying to you and the will of God? Now, I'm going to be putting a pause on that today because I know that Laura really wanted to focus on all of them, so I'm letting her have all four of them. Uh, or she's not allowing me to have <laughs> all four of them. Uh, but today, I think it's still important, though, because just to be able to have the quadrilateral, but by the way, this, this is from John Wesley, the founder of United Methodism, or Methodism in general, not just United Methodism. But he came up with the quadrilateral, and he came up with those things of being able to understand who God is and what God is saying to us. But I think it's very important that two other aspects need to be used whenever we're actually using the quadrilateral to figure out if this is God, if this is the voice in my own head, if this is the voice of God, uh, or if God's in the middle of something and working through something. And one of those things is community. I think that we have to be able to do all of the quadrilateral in community, because if I just did the quadrilateral just by myself, then I could probably proof text the scripture to do whatever I wanted to say. (laughs) But if I have a community there, then the Holy Spirit's going to be able to work with everybody, and we can be able to come to consensus through prayer and community about that. Uh, And, of course, the second piece is, it sounds ridiculous and self-explanatory, but it's prayer. So uh, I know it sounds silly that if you're trying to understand what God is saying to us, that prayer would be an important aspect to it. Uh, But I think it's important for us to be able to realize what's kind of going on. Uh, when we understand prayer. And so that's one of the things I was really wanting to focus on today. Uh, Because prayer, by definition, we usually think of uh, as as just communicating. Um, That's the basic way that you can understand prayer, is communicating between God and us. Okay? So you probably heard it. It's like, well, I don't know how to pray. And you just say, well, it's just talking to God and listening, right? It's just talking and listening to God. Uh, But the problem is, is most of us, really like to talk, right? Um, And I have a feeling if you're like me, you really like to talk. Uh, And so most of our prayer time, whether we acknowledge it or even realize it, is probably us doing a lot of the talking. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. I think God really wants to hear from us. Uh, God loves us and is interested in us. He might know everything about us, but you know what? Even if I know that Gracie is grasping something, it's still enjoyable to me for her to say it to me. Have you been there in those, those cases, you know? Like, it's just, it's just beautiful and so rewarding to be able to hear her say it, even though I know of what's going on. I think God's the same way. He wants to hear from us. So there's nothing wrong with talking in prayer. Uh, But the other aspect, and I tell this to everyone who's doing premarital counseling, is just because you like to talk doesn't mean that you're good at listening. (laughs) Um, And most of the time, it's men that aren't very good at listening. Uh, I put up a cute picture of a dog because if you ever see dogs kind of tilt their head and they look really cute and everyone's like, do it again, make it do it again. uh, I heard that it's just because they can't hear very well. So they're tilting their head to be able to hear what you're saying. Um, and so it just looks really cute too. But, but are we good and have we put into practice how to listen to God? How to be so sensitive to what God is trying to communicate to us that we have spent time listening. Now, uh, 
When I first got here to the church and Laura asked if I could be leading prayer every week, I know, and you know, that we instituted this understanding of a little bit of silence right before, uh, before I ever start talking in the prayer time, right? But I've heard from so many of you that that silence is powerfully beautiful in your life because you don't get any of it in the rest of the world. <laughs> Our society is just constantly uh, a barrage of, of just things going on in our lives, right? And so to be able to give everyone literally one minute of silence to just be in the presence of God uh, is, is a little bit um, uncomfortable when you feel it at first because it's not the norm. But now that we've created a rhythm of having a, one minute of silence every week, I'm having lots of people come up to me and say, Oh my gosh, thank you for doing that. I didn't realize I needed it, but oh my gosh, that is so powerful for me to have a moment to just breathe. Just one minute of a breath, of a break from this life. And so I think that if you're like me, we need to be able to have more opportunities to be able to practice how to be able to be sensitive to God, how God is communicating with us. Now, I think a lot of us are, are jealous. I'm jealous because I actually hear people all the time say, oh yeah, God audibly speaks to me. And if you're one of those people, I am super jelly, super jealous of you because God has never in my life literally spoken. Like I've heard God's voice with my ears. I have never had that experience. And if you have, you are crazy blessed and I'm jealous of you. And I do think that God speaks that way, but God speaks in so many other ways than just audibly, right? Hopefully you know that. <laughs> I think enough of us in this room have lived enough life to know that, that God can speak to us in so many ways. God can speak uh, through a burning bush. God can speak through animals. God can speak through other people. God can be able to communicate with us through lightning and thunder. God can speak to us through mist and rain. <laughs> God can speak to us in so many ways. But are we willing and are we able enough to be able to understand and to hear God? So uh, one of the things that I had in, in one of my seminary classes was a professor who talked about, uh, he, was, he was my professor in Revelation, my favorite book of the Bible, by the way. Uh, I love Revelation. People think I'm a crazy, crazy idiot when I say that, but, and I am. But, um, but I love Revelation. And one, and one of the things he talks about is the way that we actually interact with in the world we live in today is through our five senses, right? So the way we interact in the world, we smell things, we see things, we taste things, we hear things, we touch things, right? All those different things, our five senses. And yet, uh, when John the Revelator is receiving and in the middle of a vision, which is what is going on in Revelation, when John's writing down stuff in Revelation, he's using similes and metaphors all over the place. And the reason is, is because he's actually experiencing an ultimate reality that's beyond the reality that we live in today. And so he's just trying to describe it. <laughs> And so he'll say, it's uh, like a bunch of rushing water. It was uh, similar to this. It was kind of like that. But he can't really truly grasp it because it's an ultimate reality experience he's experiencing. 
And so I have a feeling that in the world we live in today, that we can be able to uh, sense and hear an ultimate reality of how God is being able to speak to us, and we can be able to see God. So the text that we read today was talking all about how if, the, if you're pure in heart, then you will be able to see God, right? That's what it says. Now, uh, in the ancient wisdom traditions, it was not that uh, the, the heart is the core of your being. Um, and it wasn't not like in the southern statement, well, bless your heart, right? <laughs> Which is not a positive thing in a lot of cases, right? Oh, well, bless your heart, you dumb, dumb person. Um, it was not the core of your being that was understanding of your heart. Your heart was actually uh, your ability to communicate and receive what God is giving you. So your heart is actually, is actually the antenna uh, for your life. So the, 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 the antenna was white. I changed that one. It popped up out of the heart. Um, and so if we understand that our hearts, if our heart is pure, then we can see God. Now you can kind of grasp what's going on there in that beatitude. Now you can see that if we can just practice and make sure that our antenna is focused in the right direction and is, is a clean and pure, then we can be able to see God. We can be able to experience God. Um, and so, uh, with that said, I wanted to share something with you guys today. Um, and one of those things that I was wanting to share with you is, for some of you, some of you actually know that I am a photographer, uh, I'm actually a contemplative photographer, uh, and you actually received an insert in your bulletin today talking about Visio Divina. Now, when I do photography shows, this is, the, this is the insert that I give them, the insert. This is what I give everyone when they go to one of my photography shows. <coughs> I know it says something about buying my photographs. That's not the reason I put this in there. I put this in there because I wanted to give you something you can actually do throughout the rest of this week how you can be able to hear and see God through a praxis, through a practice. All right, so uh, and some of you are falling asleep now. That's okay. I love you anyway, but uh, you can rest in the presence of God. I'm, I'm cool with it. Um, but, uh, but what I want you to get out of this is, uh, is actually in the middle of the page there. But um, I want to tell you, there was a book that really changed my life uh, when it came to photography. Uh, and it's actually called uh, Eyes of the Heart uh, by Christine Vaultner's Paintner. And um, there was one phrase that she said in there that really, really touched my life. So we're doing all the five senses, right? But we're just going to focus on the seeing part, okay? On our sight. And she said she stopped taking photos and started receiving moments through her lens. Uh, so you can imagine if you had a camera <laughs> and you're looking everything through the lens, right? You're looking everything through the lens. Someone always says, well, I'm going to go take some pictures or I'm going to go take photos or something else like that. And that kind of gives the, insinuates that you're taking all this stuff. But in reality, all you're really doing with your camera is you're receiving light. You're receiving these moments. And so it changed how I actually understood photography. It changed how I understood life. Because now, every single moment of my life is a moment that I can receive how God is trying to communicate with me. Does that make sense? So if you're okay, um, I would like to 
I would like to give you this practice, okay? All right, so um, this is one of my, one of my pieces of photography. Uh, I, I took up this picture in northern New Mexico, right outside of Black Lakes, which is just right outside of Angel Fire. I don't know if anyone's ever gone from Mora to Black Lakes to Angel Fire. Tiffany has. Um, but this is uh, just an image that I actually was laying on my belly, <laughs> uh, risking my life taking this photo. Uh, but here, here's what I want you to do. And you have some inserts in, in the, the bulletin, right? I, I invite you to get this out. If you're a person who likes to read and you learn through visual learning, then feel free to read along with me. If you're a person that just does things audibly, then I want you to be able to focus on the photograph. But this is just a practice, okay? This is just one way in which you can start to make your heart attune to being able to hear what God is saying to you. Um, so, also, uh, these were printed with my own money. If you don't like this and you're going to throw it away, please don't. I will use it again. Uh, so, keep it in really good condition <laughs> if you don't keep it. Uh, I want you to keep it because it's a beautiful gift that I can be able to give, but because God has given it to me, I want to pass it along. But all right, so, if you notice on the inside of this, there is something that's out of practice, visio divina. Now, visio divina just means divine seeing, uh, in Latin, so it's basically trying to see with the eyes of God. Do you hear? We're trying to see God with our pure hearts, right? That's the text we're reading today. Okay, so with that being said, here is a photograph. Um, and first of all, I want, uh, number one says, uh, spend time in silence and just be still. Prepare your mind to be still and your eyes to be drawn to what shimmers in a photograph so that it will be directed by the divine and not by yourself. Uh, now, a lot of people think that contemplation is really deep focus and you have to be really concentrated, but it's actually the opposite. Uh, so, with that said, I invite you to either close your eyes uh, or you can just be looking at the photograph and we're going to have just a little bit of silence so you can be able to try to settle your mind enough to be able to see what God has for you in this one image. So let us have a little bit of silence. Okay, I invite you to stare at the photograph, to be sensitive to where your eyes are being drawn naturally. What is it that is shimmering or standing out from the rest of the photograph? Is there something in particular that draws your eyes and attention? Is there movement in the photo? Where is the photo, inv the photo inviting you to journey through it? Are there patterns? How does the light and the shadow dance together? Do you have any particular feelings in your heart when you are drawn into the moment that was received by the camera and the photographer? Allow your attention to roam and trust that God is leading your eyes. Now I invite you to stay focused on that one shimmer point that you were just drawn to. Spend some time receiving it. With a clear mind, ask God to show you the meaning or purpose from within that moment. 
these feelings could invite a challenge in your life or a blessing, do not dismiss them, but receive them from God. Now this moment from the photographer, from this image is now being shared with you. God is allowing you to receive it as well. How is the receiving of this moment moving you into action, inviting a change within you or for your community? What is God saying in the midst of this? Now I invite you to rest in the presence of God within that photo. You've listened, you've received, and you've now been invited into some form of action or challenge. Now I invite you simply to be in the presence of God. Okay, so that is a practice that you can not only have to do through art, but you can do it walking your dog. <laughs> you can do it staring at your spouse. <laughs> they may think you're a weirdo, but um, I invite you that every moment is an opportunity to hear how God is communicating to you. If God can do that through a stinking photograph, how are we listening to God? How are we purifying our hearts to be able to see God, see God moving around us and in us and through us and even despite us? I invite you to make sure that you practice over and over again. I was an athlete in high school and college. I know it might not look like it right now, but I was. And the only reason I even remotely got good at what I did throwing hammer in college is because I practiced every day. We have got to start practicing how to listen to God. And I invite you in just this very simple, small way on how to do that. I'm actually in the process of researching uh, to write a book on how to use all of our senses to be able to be sensitive enough to hear and to be able to see God. Um, and so this is just one simple way through the sense of sight. But I invite you guys to seriously pray about how you can be able to take each moment, take that bulletin uh, and insert, and don't even think of it as a photograph, but just think of it as a moment in your life where you're sitting in the grass or in your living room reading a book. But just be knowledgeable just be willing to be sensitive to how God is wanting to communicate to you and to this church. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. Gracious God, we truly do desire to be able to hear what you have to say to us. We want to make our lives a lifestyle of prayer. The Bible says and reminds us that we should be praying without ceasing. And so why can't our prayer be a listening prayer as much as it is a talking prayer? Help us, Jesus, to be able to 
put our focus to make sure that our hearts are in tune with where you desire for us to go and to grow and to be. God, we give you all of our lives and we invite you to make us more and more sensitive to your leading and the ways that you communicate with our hearts. We love you, Jesus. And it is in your precious and holy nature, Father, Son, and Spirit, we pray. Amen.